0: This is Marketing Management Money. I'm your host, Ryan Murray. And I'm your host, Ryan Owens. And today we're going to start off with story time. Sweet. So, cue nursery rhyme music. I know. My dad taught me how to play chess, and he was uh, an amazing chess player. Nice. Uh, Found out that he actually took a uh, college course on chess.
1: (laughs) I shouldn't be surprised. Uh, Not not because I know anything about your dad or whatever. (laughs) I just feel like chess is a college course. I was like, that's kind of weird. But then going to college, it was like, hey, bowling is a course. (laughs) Right. Lifting weights is a course. What? (laughs) Racquetball. What? (laughs) Why are these college courses? Why?
0: (laughs) Well, that answer I don't have. But this I can tell you that – he taught me a lot of the strategy behind chess and uh, many people look at the queen as kind of the most powerful piece on the uh, chess board because she can move in you know all these directions sure Um, but with it being the most powerful piece it also becomes a very vulnerable piece and a good chess player is going to understand this and capitalize that and so in chess there are essentially three games you have your opener your mid and your end game And uh, if you bring your queen out in your opening, unless you're really good, that's uh, that's that's oftentimes a fatal mistake in chess. And so you know, he taught me that. And um, the interesting thing is, as he's teaching me chess, I am relating it to life lessons. And so I'm I'm going to relate it back to business here.
1: Oh, I know how tender, how tender.
0: We should hug real quick.
1: Right? I feel like, you're, I feel like I'm a baby bird. And you're going to feed
0: me. I am going to feed you. All my listeners, we're all baby birds. I I have to feed you because I'm going to talk about the proper role of the CFO. And I, I'm trying to baby step into this because a lot of people are just like, oh, my gosh, OK, this is getting deep yeah. and we are going to get deep. OK, but we're going to take some analogies to make it make a little bit more sense. And I'm going to start with this queen analogy on chess. Uh, you know, the CFO is kind of like the queen piece on the board. Very powerful piece. But if you use it incorrectly, uh, it can be a fatal mistake for the rest of your game. Oh, yeah. And, And so you've got to understand how to use the role of the CFO. And, and I see a lot of mistakes that happen. So we're going to kind of go through some of those mistakes, uh, teach you how to avoid those mistakes and teach you how to do it correctly. Now, the first thing that I'm going to state is that this is a required position in any company. I don't care how big you if you are a one man show or a one woman show. You need to make sure that either you are the CFO or you're outsourcing the CFO. And yes, outsourcing the CFO is a great function. You know, you can do that. Um, There's a lot of services that will outsource your CFO for you. Um, But you've got to make sure that the finances are taken care of. And so you have to have this piece in your business, right? When you're doing the uh, the CFO, the biggest mistake that that I see, well, uh, the biggest mistake is not having it. The second biggest m- mistake is treating your CFO like an accountant. And this, Ooh, that's that's good differentiation. <laughs> I like that one. Well, and uh, so accountants have their place as well. Yeah you know uh, but the difference between you know accounting accounting is making sure that the books are accurate it's taking care of all the numbers it's lining them up correctly cfo or the chief chief financial officer It's getting into management, decision-making, forecasting, trying to, it's very strategic. And so, you know, the accounting side is not very strategic. The CFO side is very strategic. That doesn't mean that one is better than the other, but you have to have that strategic piece to your business to kind of figure out where you're going. And so a lot of times I'll see businesses that they'll only invest in the bookkeeping side of their business and they'll completely ignore Ignore the strategic side of their business, and it's just uh, bad practice. Absolutely yeah. bad practice.
1: Well, and, and this is not intended to be a plug, but we're going to go there. Plug away. As well, so I mean, ultimately, that's why we started the growth by the numbers training that right. we
0: do. Hundred percent
1: is because it's this bridge between kind of the two worlds of of accounting and strategic management of that any small business owner can, can understand it and utilize in their business. And that's where so many small businesses fail to really, is it a joke? If I say capitalize on (laughs) it's, it's a pun, sure. (laughs) Not intended, but are they ever not in the world of a CFO? (laughs) Oh, just kidding. Wow. (laughs) So, Growth by the numbers really bridges the gap between accounting and strategic decision making in in the realm of finance and mm. allows small business owners to be able to understand and make those decisions uh, in an educated way. Right. Because it's for for an average, at least we found for an average entrepreneur or small business owners, it's a little bit out of their wheelhouse to be able to run. You know some ratio analysis. A lot out of their okay. I was trying to be kind and generous and gentle.
0: (laughs) You're nicer than I am. Um,
1: You're easing your way into the topic with analogies (laughs) and stories, and I'm softening (laughs) blows here. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, it's 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 out of the average Joe's wheelhouse to be able to run uh, uh, some of these financial ratios and things, right? Mm but it's not hard it's not difficult it just requires a little bit of training uh man unfortunately it's a little bit out of the wheelhouse of of some accountants and and bookkeepers to be able to m- make strategic decisions based on the numbers that they're coming up with right and so this it's kind of the melding of these two worlds you take the strengths from the financial side of things and you take the strengths from the strategic business management side of things and you put them together into this this training uh or the skill set rather uh and once you have those two pieces it's magical what it can do for your small business it's so, a m- incredible how much positive impact that we've seen that just that simple thing have on a litany of small businesses.
0: So so I told you I'm going to throw a lot of analogies into this one. Here we go. It's kind of like you have a lead mechanic or you have, you know, maybe a team that builds the race car. Yeah. But that's not the person who's driving the race car. Right. Right. It takes a different personality. It takes a different skill set to drive that race car than it does to build that race car. Both are essential. You have to have both because, you know, I mean, if you don't build it, you can't drive it. And but but if you take someone who isn't a race car driver and you put them behind the wheel, sure, they'll make laps. But they're not going to be able to get out there and race. And that's really what we're talking about here is we're saying don't take a requirement for your CFO should not be that they have a vast understanding of QuickBooks. They can run a 10-key. Yeah. like uh, the, <laughs> the, These things are not necessarily the skill set of a CFO. Now, if they happen to have that skill set, that's fine. A lot of good race car drivers happen to be excellent mechanics because they're around it all the time. Yeah. But that should not be the driving force pun intended, that Ah. should not be the driving force of your, uh, you know, your hiring practice is to say, can you, you know, can you create the financial statements? It's like, no, can you interpret the financial statements? Can you use the financial statements? And so, you know, that's a big mistake where people think that accountants, uh, you know, can, can manage all that. And, and it's possible that they can, but it's oh, actually sure. not very common. And, yeah. and so, you know, if you've got your CFO that is taking care of taxes, that is running payroll, that is doing, you know, time clock, that is, you know, handling, uh, you know, like receivables and payables. <laughs> uh, and HR issues. Uh, yeah, this this is not a CFO, yeah, you know and and I've seen a lot of you know a, a lot of owners that they will actually get mad at their CFOs for doing CFO function. They'll just be like why why aren't you you know why why aren't you taking care of the accounts? How dare you give me advice <laughs> you know yeah and 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 so I didn't you know hire I, you for your opinion. <laughs> hired you for your master's degree. <laughs> right. And 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 so you know when you're when you're looking at this and remember at the very beginning I said it, it is an essential piece of the business. Having that CFO function is an essential piece of the business. So let, let's give a couple examples of what we mean by an essential piece of the business, all right? If your company is looking to grow. On the accounting side, you're going to look at what last year's expenses were, and you're going to look at how much cash you have in the bank, and these are all important things to keep track of, right? But if you're looking to grow, a CFO is going to be the one who is going to determine where those funds should be invested, how to most effectively invest those funds. And they're going to understand the uh, uh, cash flow implications, where that's going to put strain on the business, because we know that growth takes cash... If you don't know that, jump back to our episode on sales and cash, but growth takes cash, and so they're going to understand the implications of that and they're going to give a strategic plan to everyone else in the company to let them know how they fit into this growth plan. So, you know, if you've got a sales manager, that sales manager, oh man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting a little feisty here, <laughs> yeah, I can but tell. that sales manager should not be dictating what the sales strategy is. The CFO should be dictating what the sales strategy foundation should be. And then the sales manager should figure out the most effective way to make that happen. Because if you allow the sales manager to drive the sales You will have no regard for profitability. You will have no regard for cash flow. Yep. And every business needs to have profits and cash. And so if you're allowing the sales manager to dictate sales, you're ignoring profits and cash. You want to have the CFO that is understanding the profits and the cash, and then they are going to the sales manager and saying, these are the sales figures that we need to hit within these parameters. Here are the margins that we need to have. This is the cash. This is the capital that you have access to. This is how much, you know, I want, uh, I I, I love when I see these mixes of this is how much we want of core business. This is how much we can do of exploratory business. And so you can get out there, you can try new things, but that's got to come from the CFO because sales managers rarely understand how to successfully manage a company. They only know how to manage the sales side of it and they can drive a company. Oh yeah. out of business.
1: Well, and that, that's what I was just going to say is like, it's, is it possible that a sales manager has this, the skill and the foresight and the knowledge to the experience to be able to manage that appropriately? Sure. But stereotypes are what they are for a reason, right? The mm. stereotypical sales manager is going to drive the company into the ground at a heartbeat because they, they're just going to want to spend, 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 and try to create sales at any expense Mm -hmm. and it's gonna wreck Mm -hmm. the company financially period right
0: yeah And, and and so the cfo really should be the one that's kind of forecasting out hey this is what we need to do these are the restraints within which we are operating and i need you guys to function under these restraints and so, you know, it's, it's a complicated process. It, it really is a complicated process. And so the next mistake that I want to talk about is if you don't understand it, get some help. Yeah. Oh.
1: Period. End of story. Yeah. Easy I, as
0: that. Wow. We just summed that up. I know. Great. Should we talk about it for five more minutes? <laughs> Let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still laughing over here. I feel like, I feel like we can't now. <laughs> no, no, we are going to talk about it. So oftentimes owners of companies, especially smaller companies, um, smaller and mid-sized companies, they feel like they are entitled to this uh, vast knowledge and understanding of their business because they started it. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that doesn't mean that you know anything about the financials yeah you know just just because your business has made money doesn't mean that you understand how that money is flowing through your business right you know and and yeah. so if you don't fully understand it get the help let your ego sit off to the side allow someone else to come in and and tell you what needs to happen. And I see this where, you know, you've got a, a competent CFO. They'll come in and they'll be like, okay, we need to, you know, we need to pull back on sales. We're going to throttle sales because our margins are spinning out of control. And then they get fired.
1: Yeah. And I'm like. That's not the direction we want yeah. the company to have.
0: <laughs> right. They didn't, they didn't have a clear understanding of our vision.
1: You no, know, so your like, vision is to drive it into the ground.
0: Yeah, I'm like you don't have a clear understanding of your vision.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Dude, I feel like this I feel like this episode is so much more broad than
0: just there, there's a lot the going on CFO. here. CFO. This is like
1: the implications of financial mismanagement on a small business.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or I guess the potential implications thereof. <laughs> uh, right? Like if you if you aren't skilled in this arena and you're not willing to get help, it's highly likely that you're not going to be able to, that you're not going to be taking advantage of, of what the, of the benefits of what this role has to offer.
0: Right. Well, and so that's one thing that I want to talk about is I've seen, you know, entrepreneurs that are just like. I make tons of money. What, what do you mean? I don't know what I'm doing. I, I have experience. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't see that you are holding back the growth of your company. Yeah. You make money just because you're not properly using your CFO doesn't mean that the business is going to go out of business. That happens a lot. Sure. But what usually happens is it just stalls out. It just gets to a point and it's not going to do any more. And then they start bringing in consultants and paying them tens of thousands of dollars. And these consultants come in with, you know, these beautiful triangles and pyramids and ovals. I mean, every shape in your kindergarten book that, 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 that tells you, oh, this is how to do a business. This is how to do a business. And I'm like, guess what? You don't have the financials. And if you don't have the financials, I don't care about your team building exercise. Right.
1: <laughs> it's such it's such a critical piece of, of small business. It's I'm not going to go so far as to say it's the backbone because I don't like it that much.
0: <laughs> I, I was going to say, I am.
1: I know. But... It really is it really is that critical of a piece of small business. And because it's finance, because it's numbers and graphs and charts and, and excel, so many people just are instantly turned off by it and completely shy away from it. And that's a huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be crazy hard. It doesn't have to be, you know, something that you have to go get a master's degree in to be able to use effectively it's again it can outsource be, I was going to say it can be as simple as finding somebody who knows what they're doing and who you trust right mm-hmm. you better trust this person and letting them help you
0: yeah right so so that's the next mistake that I want to talk about is the trust and I know that we were just talking about you got to trust this person which you do you also got you got to put in some checks and balances <laughs> Because this person now has a lot of access. They have a lot of control in the company because they understand where the money is. A lot of impact. A lot of impact. And someone needs to be double checking what they are doing. So if you, the owner, don't fully understand it and you've outsourced it to someone, great. But have someone else, you know, like maybe that accountant who gets your books ready for, you know, tax season, Maybe have them when they're getting the books ready, just say, hey, you know, uh, will you will you play third party audit here for a second and make sure yeah. that make sure this makes sense? Yeah. You know, like you, you got to have some checks and balances in place. You've got to know where the, the accounts are and checks and balances don't mean that, well, I'm the only one who has access to that account. So therefore I have a checks and balance. Yeah, but you don't know what's happening in your company. You don't know how the money is flowing. This is where embezzlement comes in. This is where fraud comes in. Yeah. You know, like there there are so many things that, that can go awry on the financial side that don't put all that control into one person's hands and just be like, good thing I trust you. Yay. Right? Seriously. <laughs> Oh wow! Wow. Okay. So, the final tip that I uh, that I that I want to talk about um, when looking for a CFO is uh, the personality type. A lot of times, you'll have the you know on the finance side, people who are very conservative. They you know they look at the numbers and they're afraid to take a risk. You need to have at the CFO level, you need to have someone who doesn't mind getting out there uh, making a risky decision, a calculated risky decision, not a careless person. Yeah. You know, but someone who has a high level of risk tolerance or else they also are going to throttle your business by making overly conservative decisions. And you know they're they're constantly uh, saying, "Oh, we shouldn't do that, we shouldn't do that, we shouldn't do that." Now, the CFO should be telling, you know, the, the CEO, "We shouldn't be doing that on a regular basis." but they should be backing it up. You know, they, they should be sharing what we should do instead. You know, hey, that's not a great idea. This is an alternative. Or they should be providing solutions. Okay, here's option yeah. A. Here's option B. Here's option C. You know, putting something together. But, but you, gotta, you gotta take some risks. You can't always sit on the sidelines. Well, and, and, I, and I don't know that it's necessarily
1: that they just have to be able to take risks, but somebody who's able to think creatively Right. Oh, okay. Like that's with that's probably a better way to put like it. Working within parameters. I think this goes beyond necessarily just a CFO. Uh, I think this really applies to people at a management level or a director level mm-hmm. in a, in a business. But it's 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 problem solving within parameters, and it's like, hey, the owner wants to do X, and the the CFO is like, well, X isn't a good idea because of. Y and Z. Mm-hmm. Well, then let's think about how can we make X happen without affecting Y and Z, right? Or at least something in that direction, right? It, Give me it's, an
0: alternative.
1: Give yeah, me something. exactly. And 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 I really appreciated how you were talking about like providing solutions. If you're just a CFO. Or you have a CFO or, or whatever that just comes back and says, that's a dumb idea. And here's why. Great. And now what? Yeah,
0: exactly. I guess we just shut the doors and I'll go home. So do I'll I go just, just
1: do it in spite of what you just told me? Or do I not do it because of what you told me? <laughs> and you, neither of those are great options. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So yeah. again, for me, it's it's a lot about working within constraints and getting creative within those constraints To come up with solutions that are healthy for the business.
0: Yeah. Right. So just to kind of recap, first off it's a necessary function you have to have a CFO in your company so make sure that you have it that can be you I don't care if you're a one-person organization a 50 person organization a hundred person organization it doesn't matter make sure you've got that CFO function you can outsource it if you need to you want to make sure that your CFO is strategic this is a strategic position that they're not just doing the accounting side of things that they're actually you know looking at growth strategies for the company you want to make sure that um, if you are acting as the CFO that you have actual training in that capacity you didn't just inherit that role that is not a good role to just step into it does require training and and, and a skill set yeah and you know you had the shameless plug for growth by the numbers that's the training that we do yeah and so you know that we we'd love to to have you take that it's it's a crash course in CFO it'll you know it'll cover everything that you need to understand but you've got to have that training And then there has to be that trust. There's got to be the trust between CFO and management. They've got to trust the decisions that that are coming out because the CFO has to be the one driving things. You know, they're driving the sales strategy. They're driving production. They're driving inventory management with this strategic plan that they're putting together. And then finally... We just want to make sure that um, there are some checks and balances there because this is a powerful position. It's the queen on the chessboard. And so, you know, you want to make sure that you're not just putting the queen out by herself to go try and checkmate the king. Put some other pieces in place that are going to help make that happen. So uh, how was that for like the the, the elevator pitch summary? I liked it. (laughs) We
1: should have started that at the beginning. And just made a two minute episode. Exactly. (laughs) Just kidding. Some of us, some of us enjoy finance. That's all right. No, it's good. It really is good. These are important concepts that are important to talk about because it's not talked about enough among entrepreneurs. It's not important enough to entrepreneurs and it should be, it needs to be. So no, I love it. Thank you so much for, for helping us understand some of those things. They're not my strong suit, but they definitely are super important. I'll, I'll, I'll stand by it for sure. I'll, I'll stand by it. A 27 minute episode <laughs> on finance. <laughs> All I right. love it. Thank you guys for listening in. If you have questions or you want to check out more of our stuff, feel free to reach out to us at Ryan at Marketing Management and Money or pop on over to Learndesk.us to check out some more of our content. We'll catch you next time. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content such as interviews and short discussions.